Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. It is that time again, time for the best podcast on the planet for runners of faith. And joining me once again is Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been crazy. We hadn't talked much this yeah, week so no, far. Yeah, no, we haven't. I've been made a trip to Atlanta and back. Yeah. And we've got a, a son who's not doing well. Yeah. Uh, but God's grace is good. And yeah. uh, he's going to... He's going to make sure things work out in the end, I'm well, sure. Well, we're, we're keeping you in our prayers, and I know that everyone on here that knows what's going on is, is doing the same. So we're, uh, yeah. we'll continue to keep them in our prayers for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I bet all of you have dodged mud puddles, roots, rocks, and other assorted impediments on your run. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that a little today in t- today's story. It's called Watch Your Step. Or roots have caused you to trip like they do me. That's why I don't trail run. That's, well, that's why I don't like to trail run. I've told you, the only reason I trail run is because I have some cross-country girls who don't really like to run on the road. Right. And I only do it for them. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on the trail hardly at all. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I'm coordinated until I get on the trails, and yeah. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I will say this, though. Those girls have made me better at it. I really? don't trip as much as I used to. Yeah. Because well, that's I, good. I kind of, by necessity. Had yeah. to get better. It hurts more the older you get. <laughs> Everything hurts more the older you get. It so, absolutely uh, does. So, yeah. All right. And then I'm going to talk about reservations. You know, the kind you make when you're planning a trip or to go out to eat at a fancy restaurant. We're going to talk about reservations. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about this week's sponsor. And again, if you're out there and you have a business and you want to be a part of Run for God and supporting what we do and allowing us to support what you do, um, simply email runlanehollis at gmail.com. Lane is my son. We've talked about him on here before. He kind of handles that that side of Run for God. Again, that's runlanehollis at gmail.com. But this week's sponsor is a, is a good friend of mine, Gathered Goods, Stacy Carpenter, uh, right here in Dalton, is a very special kind of produce market. Uh, it only happens a handful of times a year, and it's ran by Casey Carpenter, who's a kind of a household name here in Dalton, mm. uh, he's into everything. They they produce the freshest produce shipped in just days before the sale, sometimes even the day of. Uh, the variety of goods they bring are just unreal, and it, and it really is a great organization. So be on the lookout for the next produce run by Gathered Goods. It's worth every penny. You know, Casey, he, he doesn't do anything small. No, he doesn't. And so when they have these produce runs, it's it's so funny. He'll go all over the state, and he handpicks a lot of the or he handpicks a lot of the farmers that he buys from. He doesn't send people. He goes himself. He's a state representative. He's a business owner. He's got his hands in a lot of things. But his videos are hilarious because he he videos him going to meet these farmers. Yeah. And they ship all this stuff in by the tractor trailer loads, and there'll be thousands of people lined up to get this produce. So it's really a cool thing. He really did a lot for the farmers of Georgia during Corona when everything was shutting down and they really didn't know we had all this produce excess and, and he really did a good thing. And For sure. I, yeah. I've been in those lines. 
yeah. uh, waiting in my car. They're incredibly, he's incredibly efficient at distributing he's that stuff efficient. as well. Yeah. So he gets a bunch of people Great out there guy. to help yeah. him. And yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. How about a Facebook post from this past week? Darlene Thaxton. If you're a Run Club member, you know that name. Another household name. Giving praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is worthy of our praise. Yesterday morning, my church was not in session due to COVID. My pastor is in the hospital with COVID and pneumonia. Mm. We are experiencing an outbreak of this dreaded illness in our very own church. Our brother in Christ that stands in for our pastor during his absence is also ill with COVID along with several others in our church. So I would like to ask my Run for God family to lift up our beloved pastor and others in our church family to the throne of grace for healing. I was unable to attend our Bible study last night due to our church joining together in a three-hour prayer meeting on Zoom to pray for our pastor and our church family. The Spirit of the Lord was so sweet and ever-present. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. For my, worship time yesterday, for my worship time yesterday morning, I did my first run after my hip injection on this past Friday. All glory to God, I was able to do seven and a half miles without much pain at all. This morning, after the long run, I am still feeling amazing. I just want to praise the Lord for making himself known in so many ways to my heart this morning. I pray you all have a safe and blessed week in the Lord. May your light shine brightly for Jesus in every step you take. Revelation 15, 4. Who, who, who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Hmm. She's got so much in there. One of the coolest things about it, too, is the way she starts. She starts by talking about everybody else. Yeah. And then she finishes with, oh, and I've got some good news for myself. Yeah. That's... Yeah, you know, it's, it's, this virus is real. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I think, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit before that it's, it's a shame how political it's gotten because it is real. Um, no matter which side you're on, it, it is real. I know many people who are struggling with it right now. Um, what are we to do as a society to, to deal with it? You know, we need to get on our face. Yeah. And pray about that because mm-hmm. the news, you know, that's the reason I don't watch the news a whole lot anymore. I just, I just really have gotten a bad taste in my mouth with how politicized this has got, but, but it's real. I mean, yeah. her pastor and feeling pastor, um, several people in my church, um, have struggled with it, have died from it, um, have been on ventilators as a result of it. Um, so to, to say it's, not there is is a mistake to say that you know I, I'm not even going to go any more than that. But it's it it is real, well, and and we need to we need to be sensitive, and and we need to pray about it, not argue about it. Yeah, and it's okay to to have some civil debate about sure. how how to handle it and how to go forward. But it's just gotten vile. There, there are different ways to do it, but but we're we're so busy calling people names sure. because they they want to do it a different way. Right. And there's cases to be made on both sides of all mm-hmm. these issues. And it's just, it's a, tra- if it's, it's a travesty when people are dying and people are hurting and people are sick. In the meantime, we're just arguing about silly things. Right. Really. And Tragedies historically, this, this is kind of, this, this tragedy is very unique in that many times you look back through history and, and tragedy brings societies together. Yeah. Like 9-11. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, 
this one is unique and it, it, it's a tragedy. People are dying. People are suffering. And yet it's divided us yeah. still. And that's the devil. Yeah, it, it is. Period. At the end of the day, that's that's the evil one uh, causing divisiveness on a global scale. And that's also a very unique thing about this yeah. this virus is that it's global and it's dividing mm-hmm. us globally. Um, yep. So you know who's behind it, and we need to acknowledge that. 100%. So let's pray for Darlene's Church and their circumstances. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, it's way better. Mm-hmm. Things are on the mend. Everything's going really well there. But uh, but not just Darlene's Church, for so many others um, you know, that, that are out there. But... On the other side of that, praise God for a three-hour Zoom session. Yeah. Man, if you can if you can stay on Zoom for three hours in prayer, that, that had to be some intense, exactly. good stuff right there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I can't, I can't be on Zoom for more than... I mean, you get to an hour on Zoom, and I'm like, oh, I'm totally done. You know what's the worst thing about Zoom for me now? Um, you know, we, we've talked about on here, um, some of the people I work with in development, they're from other countries, and... I, I have gotten to where I can't stand, you know, when you're when you're on when you're meeting face to face like you and I here. There's a depth to our voice. There's personality in our in our mannerisms. You can I can. There's so much of conversation is body language, mm-hmm. and it's it's being able to see. You know, are you tapping your finger on the desk? I can I can pick up cues to see where you're at. Well, on Zoom you can you don't have that, and. And it's the the lack of depth. I told my wife here a while back, I said, I think I need a good set of speakers on my desk so you can get that. Because listening to a computer, it's just all, what is that, treble? Tenny. It's, tenny. it's very tenny. It yeah. And before, within an hour, I just, I almost have a headache. And it's yeah. not because I don't like hearing the person talk. It's just there's no depth you to the be. conversation. There's yeah. no uh, nonverbal cues, you know. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's the hardest thing about Zoom, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And you really can't see around the room. I mean, you can see people because a lot of times people have their faces on there and you can see faces, but you really can't see the room. You know, like you normally in a meeting, you know, you take cues from the room. Right. How people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Well, praise God for this hip injection for, for Darlene. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great story that, uh, that that's doing well, hopefully. By the time this comes out, hopefully Darlene is still rocking and rolling. Yeah with that hip injection so yeah hey we had a trivia question last week and um i love this trivia question just because i love the book that it comes out of but this is this didn't just come out of a book so um, we'll explain that here in a minute but the question was who was caballo blanco um which means white horse in spanish uh, and it was a guy named Micah True. Now, in the book Born to Run, they don't talk about Micah True. They only talk about Caballo Blanco. Um, but Micah True was... Uh, this, uh, that, Christopher McDougall, the guy that wrote Born to Run, met Micah True and inserted him into this book just because he was so interesting. Um, this guy was born... Micah True was born Michael Randall Hickman... Um, he was, he was in the Marine Corps. He was a gunnery sergeant. Um, he was a second of four children. He was born in California. Uh, he grew up traveling the country because of the Marine Corps aspect of, of what he was and his whole family was into. Um, 
He attended Humboldt State University, um, and he studied Eastern religions and Native American history. Hmm. A little different. That's unique. Um, yeah, and so it, to, to earn money, he started prize fighting. So that's not the first thing you think about with a runner, especially an ultra runner, is that they're going to be a boxer. But that's what he did. Um, he used the name Gypsy Cowboy um, and took the occasional dive uh, to make some extra money. Um, between 1974 and 1982, um, he was a professional middleweight boxer fighting under the name Mike True Hickman. Um, his career record was nine wins and 11 losses and zero draws. And so um, he got knocked out nine, nine times. Wow. So, uh, so, yeah, he wasn't a really crazy successful boxer, but he was a boxer. And then at some point in time, he spent 10 months living in a cave in Hawaii um, where he fell in love with this rich girl. And then uh, she left him. And when she left him, he decided... I'm going to take up this running thing. So he's living in a cave and he fell in love with a rich girl. That seems like that doesn't go, doesn't go together, does it? I told Where you do this. you find these stories? I'm telling you, it's uh, interesting. This guy is really interesting. So, so anyway, he changes his name from Michael Hickman to Micah True. Um, and, and the name Micah, of course, comes from the Bible. Um, and True comes from the name of his a pet dog that he had. Uh, which He had a pet dog called, his name was True Dog. So, True Dog. In 1982, True moved to Boulder, Colorado, where he began working as a self-employed furniture mover. Hmm. So uh, another one you don't think about with, uh, with runners necessarily. Um, by then, he had become a trail running bum, is, is kind of the way he described himself. Um, he spent the winters in Mexico, where it was a little bit warmer, you know, Mexico, Guatemala, Central America. He was running about 170 miles a week. Wow. while he was down there. Uh, and then he would return to Boulder during the summers to earn enough money to live on for the rest of the year. So he, he'd, earn, he'd come to Boulder, earn enough money, then he'd go back down there and run, and just run. So uh, among the villagers, he became known as El Caballo Blanco, the white horse, for his long blonde hair and pale skin. Um, in 1993, True came in contact with the Tarumara, or Rarumuri, runners from Chihuahua, Mexico, which is how the book is centered around right. that group. So in 1994, he began spending his winters running the Copper Canyons, where he built a hut and began establishing a relationship with the Tarumara natives. In 2003, True decided to organize a race for the Tarumara natives that would help them preserve their culture and running heritage. Um, and that, so that first Copper Canyon Ultra Marathon was run in 2003. And then in 2006... He had the idea of inviting American ultra runners to compete with the Tarumara, and that's kind of what the book Born to Run is about. It's about that whole whole event. Uh, in 2012, the event took place on March 12th and was the largest ever with hundreds of participants. Um, and this race is how long? Uh, it's you? about 50 miles. Okay. Um, it changes, I think. The, the course changes from year to year. Uh, most of those folks in it are Tarumara folks. Um, they, they love running. They mm -hmm. run from place to place. It's how they get from place to place. They're very primitive mm -hmm. people. Um, but so the prize money for the top 10 finishers <laughs> was a voucher for corn. Like, I don't remember. I think it was like, like 100 pounds of corn or something 
for the for the top ten finishers. That was their their award, which was fantastic because these folks, you know, obviously that was a big deal to them. Right. Was to get these uh, corn vouchers. Um, the race starts and finishes in Eureka, Chihuahua, Mexico, and covers about fifty miles. Um, again, it came out of the book Born to Run, and that that whole book is about this endurance running hypothesis arguing that humans were meant to run Mm -hmm. and that of course in the eyes of the writer we were evolved to run because and and the reason why humans are the way they are is because and why we can run the way we can run is because we hunted food and we would outlast them so we could run longer than any animal on earth Um, which is interesting when you think about that which is still, I mean, that's that holds true today. It does. Yeah, I mean, Dean Carnassus talks about that. Yes. And in some mm-hmm. of his books, that you know, that's that's why there was Phidippides. Yeah. Because he could get somewhere faster than a horse that's over right. long distance. So, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So you know, the, obviously, this mm-hmm. Micah True Caballo Blanco, his whole life changed when this book was written because this book was a number one bestseller. Mm-hmm. It was a huge, huge success. And, you know, he was in this quiet, simple life of going to the Copper Canyons and running 170 miles a week. And now all of a sudden he's a celebrity. People are showing up to run with him. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, and he says he said sometimes he felt like he had to live up to expectations of the book. And so he would kind of exaggerate because, you know, he felt like all he was was he was just this guy who ran, you know, right. and he had all these crazy stories about him. And so he was. He tried to do things to live up to those stories, which was which was pretty cool. But then he, he started using that celebrity status to raise funds for uh, for that Copper Canyon race. You know, he spoke at different events and did things. He traveled to Sweden, Denmark, and England. Um, uh, according to his girlfriend, True was never comfortable with his fame, only wanted, wanting to be known as someone who is genuine and real. Um, and then on March twelfth or March twenty seventh, two thousand twelve. He went out for a run one day in the Gila Wilderness, the Gila National Forest in southwestern New Mexico, and he never returned. Wow. And they went out and they found him a few days later. Um, he had died while he was out running. They don't know if he fell down a mountainside or if, um, you know, he just sat down and died of a heart attack. They don't really know what happened to him, so. Um, but they had guys like Scott Jurek, uh, who many people, if you, if you know ultra running, you've heard the name Scott right. Jurek. Um, he was one of the guys that was out looking for him. Um, so anyway, they didn't see any signs of trauma, so they don't think he fell, but they, he did have some scrapes and abrasions. Maybe he hit his head. They don't know, but he died running, which is probably, if you asked him, how he would like to have gone. Yeah. So, uh, so Yeah. That's very, very interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty interesting story. I, I've never read the book, so I, I need to read that book. Yeah. Um, Born, Born to Run is a great book. As a matter of fact, I read, he, he wrote another book after that, and I can't, something about heroes, I can't remember the name of it. And I expected the same kind of drama and suspense and, that was in Born to Run, and I read about a third of it, and I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. And I never finished it, so... Uh, but Born to Run was a, is a classic. Of course, it deals with running, so it makes it interesting to me just, just automatically. 
But I like the way he weaves in the story of this whole Taramara and the, this, this race and everything and this whole minimalist revolution. That's what was going on at that time mm-hmm. was everybody was, was going with those, you know, those Vibram Five Fingers shoes and people mm-hmm. were running barefoot. And, um, and, of course, the people in the Copper Canyons don't have running shoes. Right. Um, and they, were, they run in like a sandal kind of thing. And so uh, it, it kind of weaves those two things together, and it's really interesting the way that he does that. You know, I, I remember kind of during that time frame, uh, this was fairly early in the Run for God days, and, and we actually had some instructors uh, reach out to us and say, hey, instead of doing your shoe chapter, we're going to present the idea of doing minimalist running and, and running barefoot. <laughs> and we were like, don't do that. You know, yeah. that works for a small percentage of people. Yeah. The rest of the people are going to get injured because of that. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it was a big craze back in, I guess, the early 2010s, 12, yeah. 13, somewhere around in there. It's kind of faded out now. You don't hear about it as much now. Yeah. Um, yeah, now you got Hocus. Now you got the opposite. <laughs> the opposite, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> extreme cushion. And it's funny how padding. we do. That's, that's, you know, that's America in general is extremes. That's it why is. politically, that's why we're so divided. It's like we have to, we have to go to a, 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 an extreme in right. one direction or another. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sounds like this Caballo Blanco was a free spirit. And we're going to address that even more in Dean's thoughts today. So before we get to that, um, we've got a challenge out there. Yes, we do. We've got the Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge, and it has struck a nerve with some people. Yeah. We are, the instructor's kits are just flying off the shelf right now. All right. And uh, so what is the, what is, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard about the Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge, let's talk about it for just a minute. Yeah. So what is it? We are challenging everybody. You know, we're, we're over halfway through yeah, we're over halfway through the Marathon Challenge for 2020. We've seen the success. We've seen the excitement. We've seen people who never thought it would be possible to get past a 5K. Now they're training for a half marathon. They're near a half marathon mm-hmm. at this point. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do that again next year. And we're going to do it bigger, and we're going to do it better, and we're going to have uh, a few more races that we can all meet up at. Um, but you can go, if you, if you log into run club right now, simply go to coaching and you can find out more about this. But the idea is we want everybody to join us this January and leading a couch to marathon challenge in your hometown starting this January. Now, historically leading a run for God group was pretty kind of labor intensive because you had a book and you had to study and you had to teach. Well, we've taken a lot of that heavy lifting away. Basically, we need facilitators at this point. Now, you don't want to go out in your community and say, we're running a marathon next year. This is one step at a time. Yep. So we're going to start with the 5K challenge in January, and we're going to do it just like we did this year. We're going to go into the 10K, the half marathon, and into the full marathon. But you're going to have to ease people into this process. You don't want to say, marathon in your community to some people you might but for the most part we're going to start with a 5k Mm -hmm. and you may show them the rest of the goal and that's fine but don't overwhelm them and so in january we want everybody to join us we want groups to join us from all over the country on sunday nights to watch the educational videos that we put out we're going to have all new videos next year Mm -hmm. uh we're gonna we're gonna work on our production a little bit you know we've we've gotten a little bit better at this um 
we were pretty rusty when we started. <laughs> uh, but but we're gonna we're gonna work on producing some some better videos that that are come out each week. And then you simply meet up with this local group because we say that's where the magic happens mm-hmm. is in these small groups. It's the reason we have Sunday school and churches. Yeah. The magic happens, the conversations, the faith stories, the struggles, all that takes place in these small groups. Now, what is a small group? It could be two people. It could be you and a friend, or it could be a hundred people. That's, that's really up to you. Um, so what do we want you to do right now? Even today, we're not asking you to do anything except pray about it. Yep. Think about it. You know, we, we kind of called Ben Reed out a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and we got a message from Ben yeah, saying, I'm in. <laughs> um, so we may just start going down through the list of Maybe former yeah. instructors and just calling people out. Yeah. I don't know. You want to call out somebody uh, today? But yes. we know the benefit. <laughs> ben knows the benefits. Rebecca knows the benefits. Molly knows the, all these names yep. that, of people who have, who have instructed classes in the past. They know the benefits of not only their students, but on their walk with Christ. That's right. And how we can draw the parallels. So probably starting next week, we will have some more formal information out, details about how this is going to work, because we really haven't got into the details yet. We're just asking you to think about it. Like I said, a lot of people have already jumped in, said, I'm in. They bought the kit, and they're ready to go starting in January. But we're asking you to think about this, and starting next week, we will have a lot more information on the details of what next year is going to be, the details of where the races are going to be, um, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm incredibly excited. Again, the goal, the first goal, is to point people to Christ through the sport of running. Right. No doubt about it. That's that always has been our goal, and that always will be our goal. But kind of a numerical goal for next year is ten thousand people. You and I can't do that by ourselves. No, but if we take all the instructors within earshot of this podcast, it won't be that hard. That's true. But we need you. We're challenging you. We're daring you. <laughs> if if you're one of those people, because <laughs> I'm kind of one of those people, I'm daring you to take this plunge with us starting January 2022. So are you up for it? Come on, don't be shamed into not doing it. If your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch her pearls, we can help. If your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years, we can handle that. If you need a break from the day to spend time with God and recognize His goodness, we'd love to be a part of that. Whether it's rock and metal, classic songs from decades past, or heartfelt worship music, J-Radio has you covered. Sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today. All right, we're back, and as usual, we are sponsored by J Radio. And have you gone out there and listened to J Radio yet? If you haven't, go do that. It is the world's greatest digital music platform. And you know that you can send questions to me at dean at runforgod.com. If you've got questions and want to know about something, I've gotten several emails lately about several things, just all sorts of different running-related things. And so uh, you can send those to me and... Um, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Um, you can also go to runforgodrunclub.com. If you don't know, maybe you just kind of, you were flipping through trying to find a podcast and you found this one and 
you're listening to this and you're wondering about this run club thing well mm -hmm. you can go to the run for god run club.com website and you can learn more about us and just a side note probably within the next three or four weeks uh if you type in runforgod.com that will that will be pointed to run club uh, you know we've been working for over a year now on you know, Run Club was kind of a test thing. We really didn't know how it was going to go. Well, we saw the success of it. And so we're currently in the background migrating from everything from runforgod.com to the Run Club platform. So that going forward, runforgod.com and Run For God Run Club will be synonymous. So just, just to kind of let you know out there in the next three or four weeks, if you type in runforgod.com, it's going to land you at Run Club, which is... We've been working hard to make that happen. Cut, yeah. It's going to cut out a lot of confusion for some people who are new. Uh, well, they see runforgod.com. They see runclub.com. What's the difference? And, yeah. and we're going to eliminate a lot of that. So kind of be on the lookout for that. That's good stuff. And don't forget that you can share your story on that website as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to hear your story because if you share your story, then you go straight to the head of the line. We get you on here quick. We share your story live. And um, we would love to have you in the studio sharing your story if that's possible so uh we've had several folks that have done it it's been a it's been a blast when mm -hmm. we have done it and so uh yeah so we just talked about this you like you like roads better than trails you Absolutely. like smooth things. i like roads better than trails on biking and running because i've um, i've face planted running and i face planted mountain biking so there's just too many trees and rocks i just don't even get on the mountain bike <laughs> trails because I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm 100% positive, and I'm not yeah. going to go there. Yeah. Uh, I want to be able to run the next day. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, you can. the things you have to dodge on the road are way bigger than the things you have to dodge on the trail. Yeah, but the things, <laughs> but the things on coming. the roads don't sneak up on you. That's usually. right. You see them a long way coming. That, that rock just seems to come out of nowhere but, when you're on the bike. <laughs> it's like that was not there a half a second ago, and now I'm flipping over it. Well, I remember I was doing a tempo run one time. I was in Hawaii, of all places, mm -hmm. and I had a tempo run I needed to do. And so I'm out in Hawaii doing a tempo run. Great place to do a tempo run. Uh, and I'm running along at a pretty fast pace. And uh, I was running right. I was, uh, there was a wide, like an apron beside the road. So it was probably, I mean, like 10 feet wide. It was really wide. So I wasn't really close to the cars. But it, it wasn't quite on a sidewalk either. And... Um, there was a an uneven place in the pavement, and I tripped on it. Mm. And I mean, I of course I was moving pretty fast. I flew through there. My glasses flew off my face. I couldn't see at that time. I wore glasses, so mm -hmm. I, I I couldn't see without them at all, hardly. And um, and I get up and I'm laying here on the ground. And there's cars. There's a uh, there's a light right next to where I'm at. And there's all these cars. And you would think somebody would stop and go, oh, man, are you okay? Not a word. <laughs> Not a peep out of anybody. And uh, you know, I kind of sat up first. Everybody was too busy laughing in their cars. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of sat up. I felt around for my glasses. I finally found my glasses. I put my glasses on. I looked over at the cars, and then the light changed, and they took off. And uh, I was like, all right, all right. I'm okay. I'm going to get up and finish my tempo run. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, yeah. So I, I can trip even off the trail. So, uh, well, I've done it. <laughs> I've had those falls that takes you five minutes to hit the ground. Yeah. 
and everybody in my hometown is looking from the busiest road in town. We won't go there again, but yeah, I get it. Uh, All right. This week's story comes from Amanda Reed, and she is from Tacoma, Washington. And the story is Watch Your Step. Watching your step is always part of a safe run, but it becomes an even greater priority on a very rainy day. As I was trying to avoid puddles and mud on my run today, I realized today's metaphor. Even when I misjudge or I'm not being careful and end up stepping in a mess, my path doesn't change and my run certainly doesn't end. I may be a little dirty or have a wet sock for the rest of the journey, but my route and my destination remain the same. It certainly was discouraging those few times this morning when I realized I made a wrong step and I definitely worked the entire time to make the right step. For example, when I became distracted by my armband slipping off, one certain puddle uh, could have easily been avoided that I had been paying attention, had I been paying attention. But how silly would it have been for me to just stop in the puddle or the mud and give up on my run? It wouldn't have done any good. In fact, it would have been worse for me to stand there and scold myself, shaking my fist up at God for leading me into a mess. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8.1. For the accuser of, your, of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down, who, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. In Revelations 12.10 and 11. Um, yeah, that's an interesting story. It's a very short one, but... It, it Man, is, it's got a lot in it, though. It really does. Yeah, I, I mean, as we're sitting there reading that, I'm just thinking about how do we, how many times do we do this in every area of our life? You know, I, uh, we, we've talked on this podcast before about how much of a planner I am, and that's a good thing a lot of times. But a lot of times it's a bad thing because when, when something doesn't go my way or the way that I had planned stepping in that puddle mm-hmm. it can just destroy your day i mean I, i've had many times where something just didn't go my way and i i find myself at the end of the day still thinking about it still stewing about it still whatever and that is so wrong yeah and yeah i just i just love this story because i mean so many times putting it back into the running sense you know i'm one of those people when i do step in a puddle I just start hitting every puddle from then on. I make, I make good out of it. I make, I try to bring joy into it instead of, man, there's so many metaphors for my life right here. Yeah. That I, yeah. When, when that thing throws me off on my daily schedule, I, I just need to roll with it. Yeah. And for me, that's hard. Um, I don't know if anybody out there listening to can relate to that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure everybody. But you're good there. at rolling with things. You're, you're, you're very good usually at something goes wrong and you're like, eh, we'll just roll with it. And I need more of that <laughs> in me, you know. Well, my, you know, you you know why? Uh, it's by necessity because I don't plan as well as you do. <laughs> well, and you need a little. So, we, we, that's I, why we yeah, complement each other. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's well, it's a great story. Well, well, how good was Paul at this, right? Paul, the <laughs> guy who you know he's he's beaten, thrown in jail. Hey, I think I'll witness to these these guards. I mean, you know, it, that's so awesome. There's just the thought of it. It gives me goosebumps just I to s- think about it. I saw, you know, how you see these memes on, and I saw one just the other day, and it was a it was a cartoon, but it was of Paul and Silas sitting in a prison, and they're 
and their feet locked down in one of those. What's the thing where the two pieces of wood come down? It's got holes. Yeah, uh, it's like a. It's they use them for oxen. The blocks. Uh, a yoke. A yoke. Yeah. Um, but anyway, his they they had their feet locked in one of these yokes, and they had stripes on their back where they'd been beaten, and and they're singing. <laughs> praises to God. And I'm like, that is the ultimate rolling with it right there. Paul and yeah. Silas, they were just, yep. you can beat me, you can throw me in jail, you can lock me up, but I'm still going to exude my joy. Yeah, Because joy isn't circumstantial. Right. Happiness may be. Yeah. Um, and I also think about, because Paul is the obvious one that comes to mind, but then I think about David who put himself right. in bad circumstances. Paul often was in bad circumstances from doing the right thing. David was found himself in bad circumstances from doing the wrong thing. He could have got down on himself. He, yes, he could have. Um, and so many of us are like that, right? We, we, we fall off the path mm-hmm. that, that we know we're supposed to be on because we do something that we shouldn't do or whatever it is. And then we start beating ourselves up instead of getting back on the path. And eventually, David, in every case, he got back on the path. And, I mean, look at all the psalms that he wrote sure. after all of those trials that he went through. Um, yeah, stay, staying on message is important. Um, and, and just it's important to, to our training when we're running that when, when you have a bad day, you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's important when things get in your way during the day, we keep going. And, and I think I, I may have talked about this once before, but I, I do the sound at our church. And a lot of times we're doing the sound, we're doing video, we're doing several things all at once. I'm trying to do several things at one time. And what I've found is when something goes wrong, I have to ignore it mm-hmm. and keep going. Because if I ever stop to try to fix that thing that went wrong, three more things go three wrong. more things go wrong. Sure. And that's kind of the way it is when we when we get off track. If we don't just get right back on track. Right. And just keep moving and forget about that thing. It causes us trouble. And it's funny because we, we've talked about this on this podcast. We we talked about it here a while back, and it actually got brought to my attention by another coach just the other day. You know, I I've made the statement on here. If you have the print off, you know, when I, I have a print off of the training schedule on my bathroom counter, and I I put an X for each mm-hmm. day. Well, if if I miss a day, guess what I still do. I put an X and I move on to the next thing. And it's it's funny how this, it's a reoccurring thing because just the other day, Lane, Saturday, Lane got his vaccine. And Sunday he felt great. And we thought, well, that's going to be fine. And, and so Lane woke up at 4 o'clock or whatever time he wakes up to go to head to cross country. And he felt terrible. Ugh. And he, uh, he, he takes his coach and said, I'm not going to be there this morning. And uh, so later that afternoon, he was feeling better. Well, he texted his coach and said, hey, tell me a little bit more about this workout y'all did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it in this afternoon. And the coach said, no, don't chase workouts. Cross it off and meet us in the morning. Yeah. And that's just such a good metaphor for exactly what we're talking yeah. about. It's, it's, we can spend our time, we can spend all our time trying to catch up yep. when we need to move on That's right. a lot of times. So yeah, yeah great yeah. word. Scripture, Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. It's a, it's a great promise. I, it, it is. <laughs> but, you know, it goes on to say, it goes on to say this, uh, because through Christ Jesus, 
The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Um, You know, that's such a great picture of how we're made righteous through Jesus. Um, And it's it's an unbelievable thing when you. When you really, when we really sit and think about what Jesus did and who Jesus is, it's it's the most incredible thing. And I think sometimes we talk about it so often and we think about it so often, we don't ever stop and go, it's really an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, think about how how miserable it would be to live under the law. Yeah today i mean if you if you really think about it, what we just talked about with lane and his workout that was that was that was kind of glimpse into legalism a little bit lane lane thought well i have to get that done that was something in the yeah. past and i've got to make amends and i've i've got to do this and his coach said move on yeah and that's exactly what jesus is saying and there's no condemnation the way it's put in this scripture right. for not doing that workout Right? right, it's it's everything is good. There's no consequences. You stepped in a on. mud puddle. Keep sharing Jesus. Yep. Don't look back. You stepped in another mud puddle. Keep sharing Jesus. It's it's always it's it's looking ahead and forgetting those things in our past. Um, but so many times we want to dwell in the past. We want to dwell in where we messed up, or we stepped in a mud puddle, or we're, we said something we shouldn't have. Go make it right. Yeah. And move forward and yeah. and show shine Jesus. Yeah, I've been convicted a lot lately that as Christians, we, we just talked about it in the, uh, at the beginning here. We talked about pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh. Well, you know, I have some definite ideas on what I think we should be doing mm-hmm. as far as this whole virus thing goes. Um, that doesn't change what's really going on, though, no matter what my thoughts are. Um, and it doesn't change either. I used to argue with somebody about, I, don't, I won't talk about who it was, but a p- particular political figure who everybody used to say, this particular person is trying to destroy the country. And I used to say, they're not trying to, that, that's too far. Right. You're, you're doing the same thing sure. that the other side is, is doing by saying that. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to do that. Um, well, and you see it in the church a lot. I, I shouldn't say a lot. You do see it in the church where, you know, that person's doing that ministry. That's the wrong ministry for our church. We need to be doing this. What you can, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. God puts different ministries on our hearts, and my and your ministry, which is this ministry, is is not for everybody. God puts other ministries on different people's hearts. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Mark Yoho, what he said to me really stuck out to me one time. And it's, we were talking about a hot button kind of political subject that has, that is sin. It, it, it's a particular sin. And we were talking about that. And I, I kind of said, have you, have you ever really preached on that? And he said, no. And I kind of, I kind of looked at him like, why, why haven't you ever preached on that? He said, God has made it clear I'm to preach the cross. Yep. For somebody else, God has made it clear you preach on that. And and it's like he was basically saying, I'm staying in the lane 
yeah. that God put me in. Wow. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. That, you know, I I don't know everything there is to know about COVID. God hasn't put that on my heart to to fix, to solve. Mm-hmm. So why do I need to start injecting my opinions? And opi- opinions is what usually gets us in trouble. Yeah. And um, I don't know. There was just a lot of wisdom in that statement that Mark made back yeah, then. Is sure. I'm staying in the lane that God put me in. For sure. For sure. You know, I, I watched the, the whole masking debate is one of those things. And I, and I watch, and you got one side who genuinely believes uh, that, that putting masks, especially on kids, is a really bad thing. And mm-hmm. and there are several reasons why they think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And they genuinely believe that. Sure. And then you have a group of people who genuinely believe we're going to have kids die if we don't put kids in, in masks. And that's a horrible, terrible thing. And, and, and it would be. And so they really feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, you got both groups have, have definite strong feelings in both of those directions. And what we need to start doing as a society, and particularly as Christians, is we need to, we need to understand that both of those views can have some legitimacy mm-hmm. and that both of those views are okay and that we need to have compassion for both. Because I think, for example, I think it is crazy talk to talk about wearing a mask outside. That's my opinion. I think the studies are very clear. Some people don't feel that way. And you know what? Here's the way I look at it. I really feel sorry for somebody who believes that they're going to wind up getting sick being 30 yards away from somebody and they need to wear a mask outside. Right. You know, because that's got to be uncomfortable and it's got to be really scary to be that scared yeah. of, of the virus. But you know so, what? At the end of the day, it's okay to disagree about that. It is. There's nothing... To disagree with somebody is not to say, I hate you. That's right. That That is not the case. You and I disagree on several things. Yep. We have had disagreements in the past, and we have fought. I mean, some people think we hate each other's guts <laughs> because we've argued about some things. But it's healthy. It is. A debate and, and having a good, honest debate is a good thing. And there's some things we still don't agree on. Mm-hmm. But I still love you like my brother. That's right. Th- that's what that's what we've gotten away from in our society is we we we've drawn the conclusion that to disagree with me means you hate me, and that's not the case. I can I can I always go back to my dad. Where yeah. I, I disagreed everything that he was doing when he was an alcoholic, but I loved the man. And we've got to get back there as a as a as a society, and more importantly, as a Christian society. Our, our churches are being divided by things that don't really matter. You know, what music we listen to, what what kind of steeple we have, or what kind of padded seats we sit. I mean, the things that are dividing our churches are, and, and, and I, I have gotten caught up into it before too. So I'm have. not throwing stones here. Yeah. I'm saying we. We all have. We, we, we need to get past this, and, and it's okay to disagree, and that's healthy. And then here's the bottom line. Here's the absolute bottom line. What did we just read in Romans? There is no condemnation in Christ. If Christ isn't going to condemn us for who we are and the horrible, terrible things that we've done and thought, why in the world are we condemning other people for things they do and think? You know? I mean, when you look at it that way, it really makes me feel guilty. (laughs) It it, it should. It should make us all feel guilty. And that's that's why it's there. Yeah. Revelation 12, 10, and 11. 
Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Mm. Woo! Casting Satan out of our midst. Oh, my goodness. What a day. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it's just to think about that. Um, but, you know, he says here, he says we've been overcome by the blood of Jesus, which is obviously important, and mm -hmm. it's what we all think about. But also it says by the word of our testimony, mm -hmm. uh, which is important. You know, we talked about stories at the beginning before this. We, we had this is somebody's story mm -hmm. that they're sharing with us. Um, and people need to share their stories because this is why it's important. I mean, this this is this is the reason that Satan is cast out is because of our story. Because well, it's non-debatable. That's right. I, I can't debate your story. That's right. And what God has done in my life, you can't debate that. Um, and that's why that's that is why our testimonies are so powerful. No matter how insignificant you think it is, there is somebody out there who needs to hear your story. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that the words, gosh, they're, they're just so powerful in that one. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for directing to the point, isn't it? Um, yeah, he, he he's the word watch there. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to be passive spectators. We're supposed to be participants in, right? Um, the New Testament commands us to watch. It's, it's usually the translation of one of two Greek words that mean either stay awake or be sleepless. Mm -hmm. well, that's, we think of watch and we think of the television, I think. You know, this is a little bit different. This mm -hmm. is being alert, paying attention. Um, and it's usually meant in the metaphorical or spiritual sense. Um, to be vigilant, to be on guard, to be fully awake, to to really be aware of what's going on around you. Um, because if we don't, that one that gets cast out back there in Revelation um, is going gonna, is gonna to get a hold of us. I had a, a college student at our um, our Wednesday night service last night. He, he spoke to the youth, and, and he, uh, he brought up something. He... He gave the Greek meaning of, of a word that I had never heard. I've never heard this, but it makes so much sense. He was talking about the word listen. When the, when the word is used, listen, in the Bible, uh, the Greek root of that is actually a, an active. It's, it's listen and respond. Listen. And, and so many times we just take it as, oh, yeah, I listened, I heard. But in the Greek, uh, or is it the Greek? Am I saying that right? Yeah, okay. Um, that the word actually means... Listen, hear, but also respond. Yeah, we're we're to respond. We're faith is active. Yeah, it's not passive like you just said. Yeah, and you know, how many times do we hear "Be strong, be brave"? I mean, your favorite verse is "Be strong and courageous." That's right. Um, that, there's there's something to this. It's yeah. not us just sitting back and and listening to a sermon once a week. That's right. What are we doing in response? To what we're hearing God say in our lives. Yeah, well said. How about a question? 
Can you think of times you've sinned and been tempted to condemn yourself and dwell in shame instead of immediately remembering and receiving the grace of God? What kind of self-talk have you used in those times? I'm assuming we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, some more than others. Some people stay there. I know people who stay there all the time. Um, and that's, that's a real shame mm-hmm. when you see that. Um, nobody feels good when they feel when you come to that realization that oh i just did something that's offensive to god mm-hmm. you know excuse me it's it's strange cuz you you need to understand that you shouldn't do that thing but you should also understand that he forgives and those mm-hmm. are that's a that's a weird thing right to yeah. think i need i have to understand that what i did was wrong but i also have to understand that doing that wrong thing is forgiven it's that's a really hard thing for people to wrap their heads around well yeah especially non-christians we've talked about this before there's there's comfort in conviction mm-hmm. you know because if if you know if you sin and you don't even acknowledge it and you do, i mean it just passes right by that's a problem too yeah um yeah. but when you're sinning and you're convicted that's a comforting thing because that that, that lets you know that you're you're close to god you know, I have I have sinned many times, and just immediately, it's like God is right there, yeah. just knocking me in the back of the head, and man, that hurts. Mm-hmm. But it's so comforting at the same time because I know, okay, God, you're you're there, and you're. I need to move on past this because your word tells me to. Yeah. Um. But you're right. That there's there's two extremes there. It's we dwell in it, we we beat ourselves up, we get depressed about it, and we just can't move on. Or we don't even acknowledge it, and that that's an even scarier place to be yeah, um, when you don't even when you don't even acknowledge it. You don't even know. Yeah, yeah. So if you're out there and you've been really really tough on yourself, understand there is no condemnation. Mm-hmm. Just like that verse said. Have you seen the enemy be the accuser of anyone close to you? That's a tough thing to watch mm-hmm. when you do see that. Um, especially when they don't see it. That's even worse when, when they don't see it. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a particular example. I can't think of a particular example, but, um, but I just know I, I feel those times where people have said, um, you know, they don't recognize what's got a hold of them. You see it in addiction, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah, people, I mean that's exactly what stood out in my mind. Yeah, it's, people who are addicted, it's they they just they can't see it, right? And that's really really tough to watch, especially especially when somebody close like you with your dad. Yeah, well, that's, that's that's really hard. And that's why it's so important. You know, we we need to do things biblically when it comes to approaching people like that. You know, the Bible's clear on how to deal with issues like this, and it's it's not through Facebook. It's not through blasting somebody on Facebook. It's 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 going to that person face to face, hat in hand, prayed up, and approach those people, mm. and 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 doing it in a godly way. But so many times we just start picking up rocks and yeah, throwing them over the fence, and and we we've beat this to death already during this episode. We we've got to get past that. Yeah, we we've got to start doing things biblically. Yep. Yep. If you spend some time in honest prayer right now about some messes you may still be splashing in, what do you hear the Spirit telling you about your standing in Christ? 
If condemning words come to mind, I have to wonder if they are from our father or from our accuser. What? To me, that's pretty simple. Yeah. If it's condemning words, it's not from God. Yeah. Because we just read, there is no condemnation. Yep. Um, there are convicting words, but not condemning words. If if it's ever condemning, it is not from God. That's right. Uh, convicting, yes. Condemning, no. And there's a there's a huge chasm gap there between what those two words are. Yeah. 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 If we, I, I firmly believe, if we if we are seeking Christ earnestly, we're going to get comforting mm-hmm. words back. Um, I, I heard, and you probably heard it, you listen to the same podcast I did. I thought it was the most interesting example or, or interpretation of a, of a scripture that I've heard a million times. It was talking about um, uh, the, the, where it says, I go and prepare a place for you, mm-hmm. right, in, in John. Um, and, it, and it says, you know, that's Jesus talking. I go and prepare a place for you. Well, in that verse... There's several times where Jesus uses first person. I, me, I mm-hmm. go and I prepare a place for you. And he asked the question, if you go on vacation, what is it that's most important about that vacation? Well, the other folks that were on the podcast answered by saying, it's where we're going. And he said, no, it's not. I'm like, what? Yeah, sure it is. He said, no, it's the people you're with. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Did you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought that's that's so awesome. And because he said, really, what Jesus is saying is the place that I'm building, the place that I've got ready for you, is not the thing. It's the fact that I'm going to be there. Is what is so great about this place. And he was talking about how that should excite us. And it should. And and I think that what I, I read this. And I think about that in that context because I think about how Jesus doesn't make us feel bad. You know, he w- w- being with Jesus means being happy, yeah. means being content, means be- the closer we are to him, the more content we are. Yeah, I loved in that podcast, <laughs> I loved how, and it was it was the Unashamed podcast. Yeah. Uh, and Jay said, because he, he mentioned, he said, People ask me if I want to go somewhere, and he said, the first question I ask is not where are we going, it's <laughs> who's going. <laughs> and he said, because with the right people, I'll go anywhere. Yeah. But the where is is kind of irrelevant. It's who are you going to be with. Yeah. And we have an incredible promise and, and that scripture in John that Jesus, Jesus is going to prepare that place, and he's coming back for us. And that that. We don't need to know what it looks like. You know, there's all kind of theology and books written on what heaven is like. It doesn't really matter nope, it doesn't. what heaven is like. Um, yep. We just know who we're going to be with. Yep, yep, yep. That's true. Um, and if, if you're out there and, and you're in this, this, yeah, she ends this by saying, I have to wonder if they're from our father or from our, or from, from our accuser. If you're out there and you're having a hard time getting by something, um, a lot of times what people think is, well, I don't want to bother God with my little problem. Mm. And I always think about that. And I've thought that for, for a fleeting second. It's like, well, I'm having trouble running. Well, God doesn't want to know about my running trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> Make your requests be known to God. That's right. 
Yep. It doesn't so. say make your big request. Yeah. It says make your request. We're thinking in earthly terms because sure. we think about limitations and yeah. we can only handle so much, and that's not God. Yeah. This so. is too little for God, or this is too big for God. How many times have we done that? God, yeah. I need to help you out here. Well, that's yeah. always a recipe for disaster. <laughs> you know, we talked about a few weeks ago, don't, don't, don't try to put out the fire and don't feed the fire. That's right. But a lot of times we try to feed it. Yeah. Yeah, God, you need my help here. Yeah. <laughs> Never turns out well. That's kind of like, uh, what, what do they say? Uh, some of the worst things in life happen right after you say, watch this. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. <laughs> while you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back and you know... You know, they canceled a second meet. You know, they canceled, I think we talked about, they canceled one of our cross-country meets. Now they've canceled a second one. And they're the two closest meets. We had two meets that were going to be within driving distance for everybody, for all parents and everybody. They're both canceled. Uh, I'm a little ticked off about it, if you just want to know the truth. Uh, It looks like they didn't have enough teams sign up. I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, But, fortunately... This race that, that was canceled this time, they have high school races, and the high school races are still on. So, so that's good. But that's interesting. Yeah. Well, they have plenty of high school teams, I guess, but they only have four four college teams sign up. So um, why didn't they go ahead and run it? I mean, they've got the venue all. I mean, they're doing a races anyway. Why didn't they? It's already set up. I have no idea why they wouldn't go ahead and do it. I would have. And the truth is, is there could be a few more teams sign up between now and then. Yeah. So when, but, when other races start getting canceled, they sign up for that one. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. But that's what they decided. Um, so, yeah. It seems like people are less passionate about cross country than I ever remember. You know, I, I, I think about the high school team. And, and you think about the guys who have just graduated. And even a couple, some of the guys that are seniors this year. And they're really, really passionate. about doing a good job and it's i don't see anything past them i don't i wonder if that's just this particular high school or is that something that's caused by the pandemic maybe people are just looking at things differently or maybe it's the all the alternatives that are out there for from cross country now there's more alternatives to cross country than there used to be um you know i see i see an awful lot of really good runners these days going to work Mm -hmm. and not running instead um, and they don't have to work. They want they re- would rather work so they can have a few trinkets mm-hmm. than to have this experience of running. And I just there's just a passion doesn't seem to be there. Do you feel that? I yeah, I think it's a lot deeper than that. I think I think the idea of hard in our society mm-hmm. is getting. You know, w- we understand the hard things. I think. Uh, Tom Brady just caught some flack for this very thing. Did you see the the headlines that. of that where he he kind of he he kind of became vocal about, you know, and he did it he got some flack because he kind of did a broad net, which is 
always a bad idea just to cast a broad net out there. But he said, our, our young people, the work ethic is just not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we see that, that you can't you can't make a blanket statement with that. Right. But more and more, his statement is right. You know, that's yeah. Um, the idea of, of manual labor. Is, yeah. I mean, we're seeing it in vocational jobs all across our country. I, I see it firsthand in the building industry. You just you don't see young people on job sites anymore, mm-hmm. and that's going to become a crisis. Yeah. Um. And you know that's why I mean, Mike Rowe has been ringing the bell for years about this. Yes. That the idea of hard work has somehow become synonymous with lesser than. Yeah. Um. But. And I think that's bled down into sports because sport is not easy. No, it's not, especially it's, cross country. Right. It's yeah. it's much easier to be on your phone or yeah. play games or, or do something that's not as intensive labor and hurts that much. But we, we understand the value in that. And um, The worst part to me is that I see parents now that don't see value in sports, too. And that that really is bothersome. I remember it's made such a huge impact on me. I think I was a senior in high school. Uh, I know I was a senior in high school. And we had a little freshman guy that ran with us who was – he was our number four runner. He was a really, really good runner. Um, And I remember hearing his dad go up to the coach and tell him – I still get emotional about it because I remember it was so impactful to me. I thank you for giving my kids something to do and something to focus on other than the things he could be focusing on if Mm -hmm. he wasn't doing what he's doing because this is good stuff. This Mm -hmm. is something that's going to serve him well the rest of his life. The other things he could be doing are no good for him, and he could be getting himself in trouble. You've kept him out of trouble. Thank you for that. And I thought, I, I never thought about it that way. I ran cross country because I loved it. I didn't yeah. run cross country to stay out of trouble. Well, you know, but, it's it's funny you say that because that's that's kind of, and I just saw this guy on the news this morning. Um, that's kind of Herschel Walker's platform. Is yeah. kids need to be in sports? Because yeah. there's so many other things that are biding for their time that are not good. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, did you see he threw his hat in the ring for the Senate race in Georgia? Oh, did he? Yeah, I, I kind of knew that was coming, but go Herschel. But yeah, I mean it's. Um, he he's just a great advocate for kids in sport, whatever the sport. I don't I don't care. I I just love to see kids involved in sport, and that's becoming lesser and lesser. I have a love hate relationship with Herschel Walker. <laughs> you know why? Well, you know he's a Georgia he boy, and a, you're just bitter about it. He is a great great guy. <laughs> I mean, he is a great on every level. Yeah, he's a great guy, and uh, just has that one bad thing about him <laughs> he was a bulldog Tad gummit <laughs> all right it is a t- it is time for dean's thoughts and that's a time when i share something that i've written about the intersection between running and faith well are you a planner like mitchell or are you a fly by the seat of your pants person i think there's a place for both this one is called reservations have you ever tried to travel with no plans I really enjoy getting in the car, deciding on a direction, and then start driving with little plans for the coming hours or days. Debbie and I recently went to Utah with only loose plans for where we were headed and what we were going to do. It wasn't the first time we had done that, and I'm sure it won't be the last. 
but there are consequences for traveling with no planned agenda. On the day we were ready to head home, we planned to drive for a few hours and then find a hotel to stay the night somewhere on our route. As we drove, it became clear that there were no vacancies in the hotels along our path. The few we found were crazy expensive, and so we decided to drive through the night. We knew that, that were, there was a possibility of having no, have to, have, excuse me, we knew there was a possibility of having to change plans, of having no place to sleep. That's the consequences of not planning out a full week of booking hotels ahead of time. We were okay with it under the circumstances, but it made me think. There are many people who do things without planning and expect everything to fall in place, and that's not how it works. Many people run the same way. They run day to day when they have time, missing many runs because of lack of planning. If that's what you want to do, it's fine, but don't expect to get the most out of yourself that way. If you're not as fast as you wish or can't run as far as you think you should, understand that there's a price to pay for being your best. There aren't many PRs at the end of missed workouts and poor planning. A large percentage of people would never travel without hotel reservations like we did, yet many people train just as they find time. There is little difference between the two. The truth is that Debbie and I do this occasionally, but not for everything we do. For most trips, we will book the hotel in advance of our departure. This trip was the exception rather than the rule. We usually go to a place that's expecting us, and when we step up to the counter and give them our name, they find our reservation in the system. Isn't it nice to go to the hotel desk and find that they have your reservation and you have a place to sleep? They have prepared a room just for you? When you follow a plan and work out scheduling issues ahead of time, you will be more successful. It's okay to have the occasional workout where you wing it, but it should be the exception, not the rule. You should compromise, uh, you compromise the overarching goal of a plan if you deviate from it too much. Spiritually speaking, there is no middle ground. God has a simple plan for us to follow. Jesus told us in John 14 that he has prepared a place for us, but that comes with the stipulation that we believe in him and follow him. It's as simple as any reservation you'll ever make. But this one has eternal consequences. Many people go through life as if they're driving toward a destination without a reservation. You can get away with that on a trip to Utah or even training for a 5K, but the Bible is clear. Although your reservation is simple, it has to be made. Those who do not make the reservation for heaven will not be there. If you're driving through life hoping to find a place to stay in the end, the consequences could be dire. In our case, we had to drive through the night. One night was rough, but it was only one night. Imagine eternity. And the driving conditions, well, they're far worse than you have ever faced. If you haven't made that reservation, we'd like you to go to www.runforgodrunclub.com and click on the Peace with God tab at the bottom of the page. It's always nice to hear the clerk at the hotel confirm they have a record of your reservation. And it's always nice to step to the starting line knowing you have completed the plan and are ready for the challenge. But nothing compares to the thought of hearing God say, well done, when we are finished with this life and step into an eternity in the presence of God. Man, Dean, you nailed that one. That was really good. Um, I figured you'd like this one since it was all about planning. <laughs> yeah, but how you brought it, how, how you brought it back scripturally. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I love that one. Yeah. Good yeah. job. Yeah, well. 
Yeah, we talked about this before. You know, we, we you have to plan, but you have to allow places for improv improvisation mm-hmm. as well. You got to you got to do a little bit of both. Um, and I'll you've said it before. You have to find time to do nothing mm-hmm. uh, at mm-hmm. times because if you don't, um, you can't fit in the other things that you need to fit in. Right. Have you ever gone to a hotel and asked them about your reservation? They said they didn't have one for you. That's happened to me. Is it because you didn't have one or because you didn't make one? No, one time. Because I have never gotten in the car and pointed it in a direction and started driving. I have never done that. And I can't imagine ever doing that. You should do it. When you did it to Utah, I thought, this sounds like a pretty cool idea. And then I thought, what are you thinking? It's not. (laughs) It's a terrible idea. It was a great idea. (laughs) Although we did get to one hotel in Utah that didn't have the reservation, but I think the reason they didn't have the reservation was because we had made it like five minutes before we got to the hotel. <laughs> so, uh, but they everything worked out. Yeah, we, it was a place called Little America in Salt Lake City. Um, they they made everything right. Everything was good, and uh, I I don't even know I don't even know whether the the third party booking site we went I don't even know whether they got any money for it or they canceled the reservation. I don't know what happened. All I know is we were dry that night and inside. So <laughs> it was good. Yeah, that's that's extremely outside my comfort zone. I will say there was one day where I was sitting on a couch. I was actually in a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what made me look at my phone because I don't do that, you know, in the middle of a Bible study. But my phone vibrated and I looked at it and it was an email about my upcoming stay where I had booked a hotel for the wrong day. <laughs> and uh, I was like, Oh, no. And I needed a reservation for the next day. And it was in a place where there were no reservations to be found. Wow. And it was it was not good. It was not a good. I had to leave the Bible study. I said, I'm so sorry. I've got an emergency. And I had to get up and go find them. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I guess what I'm saying, I love how you bring it home to, I mean, it's one thing to show up to a hotel and say, we, we don't have your, we don't have your reservation and we're booked. And you get turned away. But Scripture says that's exactly what's going to happen yeah. to us when we walk up to the gates of heaven and we haven't accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. That's exactly what's going to happen to us. And we're going to turn be turned away for an eternity of destruction. That should shake you in your boots. It should. And if you're, and if you're listening to this and, and you have that that feeling in the pit of your stomach right now because when I when I make that statement you're going to get to heaven one day not if when you're going to get to heaven and your name's either going to be written there or it's not and if it's not you're going to be turned away if that if that causes you consternation or stress or anxiety or you got that metallic taste in your mouth right now I know I know what that feels like I mean, it hadn't been that many years ago when I felt that. That is a spiritual battle being fought between a holy God and your sinful self right now. And if if you're feeling that, then please go to our Peace with God page. Like Dean said, you can log into runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com and go to Peace with God. And we have four simple videos on there that will walk you through how to get rid of that feeling. Yeah. Because you're either going to have... You're, you're either in... in in consternation, which is, is anxiety, 
stress. You either feel that right now or you feel complete peace. There is no middle ground, just yeah. like you said. Yeah. There's no middle ground. And so don't don't shake it off as, well, I just don't feel good today or, you know, that's, that's not for me. If you're having all those questions, that is a sign you need to get this right. Yeah. You may be sitting out there saying, I've been in church my whole life or I'm a deacon in my church or whatever. If you're feeling those feelings right now, that is something you need to deal with no matter what cap you wear yep. in the church or in society. Don't let that hold you back. So please, 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 if you're feeling that, deal with it now. Yeah, 100%. Imagine that you're driving to a hotel. In the, I, I, we, when we were in Utah, we drove out to the Salt Flats. And on the way out to the Salt Flats, there's nothing. Nothing. Now, when I say nothing, like I mean nothing. Like, I mean, just, just salt openness, <laughs> nothing. Um, and then boom, all of a sudden there's this little store, you know, at an exit. And, um, it's kind of the way, can you imagine driving and driving and driving and there's one place to stay and you walk up to that place and there's no vacancy there for you to stay and you're out in the middle of a desert and you're about to, and you're going to have to go back out in the desert and there's. Nowhere else for you to go but the desert. And you have to sleep in the desert. Now imagine that, right? That would be bad. Mm. That's nothing. Nothing. Nothing compared with what we're talking about with eternity and separated from God, being separated from God. Good word, Dean. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. Okay, so we're back. And you just heard a commercial about becoming a coach, and we're going we're gonna to beat this drum loud and proud until the 1st of January. The Coach, the Couch to Marathon Challenge Challenge. Get on board. Pray about it. Think about it. Talk to your church about it. 10,000 people across this country starting this together in January. We need you to be a part of this. So go to, log into your Run Club account, go to the coaching tab, and learn everything you need to know about it. I don't know if this is still an appropriate term to say, but it's going to be epic. Epic. Is, is I haven't that, heard that word in a while. Yeah, I know. I think that might be an old That's term. It's kind of dated. This point. Yeah, yeah. I'm old, so. You're old school, I, I can get by with it. Uh, all right. So, Sha'Carri Richardson ran against uh, most of the Olympic field this past week. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, she finished last. This is news to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she was the one that, uh, that didn't go to the Olympics. Right. She had won the Olympic trials, didn't go to the Olympics because she had tested positive for, uh, for marijuana. Well, she got her chance to, to get revenge on that field, and she finished dead last. Wow. So um, it, was, it was not a good interview afterwards. Um, this girl has put so much pressure on herself. Mm-hmm. 
I pray for her because um, she's feeling a lot of pressure from a lot of people right now because of the flamboyant way that she is. Sure. And um, and she's she's feeling some pressure. So I, I hope that she is because because a lot of the problems she's about she's having right now. There's a lot of bad things being said about her right now because of that afterwards interview. I hope she's able to write that course um, for sure. <laughs> and then Craig Angles, um, he's a guy that I think he finished fourth in the Olympic trials and everybody thought Craig Angles was going to make it. And He's running the mile, and it looked like he was going to win. He came around a corner, and he's pointing up into the crowd. No way. Yes, yes. And he got oh, beat. Oh, man. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> but I think Mo, or Mo, I think Mo, she did, uh, she did it again. She dominated. She set another American record. Um, she, you know what? It's funny. The difference between Sha'Carri Richardson and I think Mo are stark. Carrie Richardson, big, loud, boisterous, which in some cases I like. We all liked Usain Bolt. Usain yeah. Bolt was big and loud, and he was fun. Um, and so uh, it's big and loud is not bad. I think there's a difference, though. There is. Uh, Usain Bolt was – you could tell there was a humbleness about him. You could. I mean, he was he was flamboyant, and but it was all in jest. It was for the cr- – I mean, he even says it. Yeah. It was for the crowds, yeah. and he loved he, – that, that fed him. But there was – it was not – cocky you're exactly right yeah yeah and that's, i think but, there's a big was, difference that there there's is. confidence and there's cockiness and that's what we tell all our kids i for love sure. confidence for sure i love flamboyant cocky i mean confidence yeah but when you step into cockiness yeah that's where i, I turn you off and, and and in fact i'm probably rooting against you because yeah. i i don't I don't like that at all. And I think there's, I think that's the difference in the two there. Yeah. I, and I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, that, but that's why somebody like a thing, Mo, who does, you, you hardly even hear her talk. There's neither. She, I mean, she, she's just, she's confident. She, yeah. Oh, and you can see it. Yeah. Oh my God. But there's no flamboyancy at all. Yeah. She just comes out there and yeah. runs two laps faster than anybody else. Yeah. And then she's done. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, but you know, there, it is hard though. It's hard. How do you find that ground of being Usain Bolt and not Shakari Richardson? You know, because it's there really is a fine line between the two. And you're right. You're right. Humbleness is 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 what probably what it is. But it's um, there's really not a huge difference between the way they act and the things they say. Well, I think it's the recognition of who you are, what where you're grounded at, and yeah. that that it can all go away. You know, people people who are humble and they're confident, they also have the realization that it can it can go away. They're not yeah. the only one to ever be here and they won't be the only one to ever be here. Yeah, and and they point. kinda they kind of acknowledge that. They they know that and there's a reverence for the the position that they're in. Yeah. And you can be confident, you can be flamboyant in that. But yeah. you're all, there's also a, a there's also part of you that that knows somebody else can be in this place. Yeah. And I don't know. Well, I hope that this uh, Shakari Richardson can find that other side sure. of things soon because I like to root for Americans. Yeah. You know, and some Americans make it hard to root for them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We have a trivia question for this week. Um, the trivia question this week is, who is the last American male to have the mile run world record? 
Any idea? I have no idea. Well, no, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, that's so, if you have the answer, if you know the answer, um, and maybe you just got to look it up. But if you're the first person to get back to me. Just the quickest on the Google. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) At dean at runforgod.com, you get that answer back to me first and you'll win a run call Not customer service. That's right. Not Facebook Messenger. Dean at runforgod.com. Be the first one with your T-shirt size, male or female, and uh, we'll get you an incredible Run Club box out with all kind of goodies in it. Yeah, send us your address along with that as well. Yes. All right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And so this week, the reason why running is so awesome is seasons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course, that can be said for a lot of things, but... um, what what drives us sometimes for especially in running is the the thought that the season's going to change right yeah. so it's it's summertime right now it's hot out and so when i'm on my run sometimes i'm thinking about man it's only a few weeks it's going to start getting cooler and uh you know i think that's uh i think it's good it always that's why i love where we look, live look, yeah we yeah. really get all four seasons we do get all, you know yeah. we were out in long beach california here a while back and yeah, they don't. The get weather that. there is incredible, but it's the same all year round. All year round, and I, I love the extremes and temperatures and yeah, precipitation, and uh, that's why I love where we live. Yeah, yeah. I, t- I tell you, the worst, uh, the probably the most extreme in both directions, I think, is the Midwest. Yeah, you know, up in Iowa, it gets to, it gets as hot up there as yeah. it does here. Hotter, yeah. And they get a ton of snow in the winter. Yeah. We don't get they've much got, snow. They've here. got their own atmosphere in those cornfields, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you drive through thousands and thousands of acres of corn, and, and you just watch the thermometer going up and up and up and up. Yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be 110 degrees there. Yeah, and it'd be 95 here in the south. It's crazy. But yet, go to winter time. You know, downtown Des Moines. Have you ever noticed in downtown Des Moines there is a all the buildings are connected. Have you have you ever noticed that? I never noticed that. There is a, um, I forget what they call it, but you can go, all the major buildings in Des Moines are connected via hallways that are above the street level. Yeah. So like you can go from this building to this building and never walk outside. Wow. And uh, because because it's, it's just as likely to get negative 20 there. Wow. Uh, during the winter and it'll be, 35 here so they need that in chicago yeah man have you ever been to chicago in the winter no i have never wow yeah wow there's a reason why they call it the windy city yeah and when it's you know when it's 20 and windy it's rough yeah rough our motivational thought of the week is this don't stop when you're tired stop when you're done i like that that comes from wesley snipes hadn't heard much of him in years no no but I like that. I like that quote, though. Yeah, yeah. Stop when you're done. That's the second week in a row that we've had an actor for uh, our quote. And yeah. You know, I'm not big on actors yeah. and actresses. I'm not. I'm not a big celebrity Hollywood person. Yeah, definitely not. All but right, this one's good. All right, everybody, you're doing great. Keep it up. Don't slow down now. Like Wesley Snipes says, he says it. Don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. Well, you ain't done yet. Keep it going. And don't forget the Coach the Couch to Marathon Challenge. Challenge. We are challenging you. That's right. Now may God bless every step of every run.
Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.